Welcome to the shed. It's a historic day today. It's the anniversary of the bombing of Hiroshima, if that's how you pronounce it. So that's a bit of a dark note. Actually, it's a very dark note. Terrible, terrible consequences and ramifications for the entire world since then, really. But that was then, and uh, you know, onward and upward. Things are only going to get better from here. Hope you are going to hang with us. We've got a bunch of stuff happening today. Uh, we're just going to launch and see what happens. See if we can get some on you. Here we go. Well, while we're sort of really waiting to get established, I'll just say, yeah, it was a potluck. And I brought a giant bowl of kale salad. Yeah, okay, sure. I bought the kit at Costco. But I also customize it with blueberries because... You're that kind of guy. A week ago, I went blueberry picking and I had like six and a half pounds of blueberries. So I needed, I was just looking. And therefore, the other thing that I brought was a blueberry pie. I brought ice cream, you know, and I brought some blackberries that I'd picked because there's a bear right by my car. And I thought, I'm going to take the rest of these berries away so the bear doesn't want to come back here. Brought that. Delicious. Hey, where's the truck? I noticed it's not parked out front. Just around the corner. How did it get there? I went and got it on the North Shore. So it fixed. It's all fixed? Not all fixed, but. No, but what'd they say about that gas tank? He said the um, patch that he made, which was along a seam, will last longer than the gas tank. Where was the seam? On the side somewhere, I guess. And we just couldn't find it. Did it cost you a million dollars? Probably not if he just fixed it. Well, no, he put in the new sending unit and he wired it. But I think when Jute worked on it, Jute put in a new gauge, you know, mm. an aftermarket. But it, it's exactly the right size. It looked like mm. an original. But for some reason, it doesn't read the sender. And so this guy has got something new on order. And uh, I will take it back to him. And I don't know how much it's going to cost. He hasn't charged me until I do that. So he's got you a new gauge that goes with the sender? Yeah, apparently. Well, that will mean the sky's the limit. With a reliable gas gauge, you can plot trips to the Arctic Circle Are and you kidding me? I have not had one, I, I think, know. for... I know. Ever. Just think of how many hours you spend eating your liver trying to figure out how many more miles I've got before. Where are we now? Where's the next? Where is Weimar anyway? Thank God I've got that jerry can in the back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. with that thousand-year-old gas. Sorry I was late. I was helping uh, Johnny Mack of Vancouver. Oh, John Mack. His his old, tired, old, slow Mack. We put a new uh, SSD, external SSD, and had to kind of like... install the operating system on that and uh he's currently as we speak transferring over the uh so this was an in-person call yeah in-person call and team viewer you know and oh 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 you didn't have to oh go didn't have to go i was gonna go i was gonna go there for this part but it how did he uh reach you how did he know that you were the man well he listens to the podcast from time to time and and he got the impression that i might know something about technology wait back up say that again he listens to no yeah. Really? That's yeah. kind of surprising. Actually. Yeah, and Sue was listening to the portraitification of Captain Bob episode. I think I told you guys that uh, Jennifer of San Leandro told me she's been enjoying them, and she particularly enjoyed the uh, Time Traveler, the Captain Bob episode. Rustica of Portland. Oh. We met her in the park, her and Wenny, and uh, Rustica was describing episodes that she's been listening to. And Oh, man. Yeah. And oh. Wenny, too. 
Yeah. And yeah. viral, man. Wow. Worldwide. Wow, that's the peer group. I need a peer group that worships me as a god as opposed to one that I <laughs> listens can't even to the speak podcast. To. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Shout out to you and John Mack. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the uh, SSD. Can't remember when I did it to what, or you did it, but boy, it sure makes a difference. Oof. Really makes a machine perform a lot better. Yeah, so hopefully that works because my my client, I did this about four years ago and her machine was way faster. Yeah. And that four years later, her machine is tragically slow. So I helped her, she bought a new iMac. But her old machine was 2012, so that's getting kind of long in the tooth. Whereas John's is 2017, so I figured it's good, got another four or five years worth of life in it, right? Well, it's newer than my laptop, but I don't use that laptop for much anything, really. Yeah. I, I do dancey stuff on it, but that's it. Well, we had some excitement. Our man KJ here, sleuth mm. that he is, <laughs> alerted us the other day to exciting, tragic events in Clinton Park, only blocks from here. Yeah, no kidding. Where the uh, dance guys... The first couple of years we did it, we did it right there at Clinton Park, right there. Yep. So I guess, well, I mean, I, I'd start here by asking you guys, when you look back on your 18-year-old selves, mm-hmm. do you think you routinely made really good life decisions that weren't risky or destructive to yourself or those around you all the time? Most of the time, but there are a few things that I did that I'm not proud of at that age. It's not even, not even not proud of, but where you just sort of think, I cannot believe I did such a stupid thing and nothing bad happened. Oh, yeah. There's Mm -hmm. lots of that. I did a lot of stupid driving stuff. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was driving down from Kokanee in the pickup and Carmen and some others were on the back and I was going too fast. (laughs) And they were actually literally standing on the bumper holding on. And she was mad because I guess there was enough bouncing that she felt they were about to get whipped off the end of the truck or something. Yeah. Wow. That that was a big one for me. Like I was going, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's because the tragedy was some 18 year old got a hold of a gun and I don't know what all else his deal was, but police were called there at 215, 911 call for shots fired. And they went up there. There was a confrontation, shot the kid dead. Wow, that's so rare and uh Well, and yeah, it's here. just, you kind of think, I mean, it's pretty bad. There's all the usual thoughts about gun control and everything, but also you just sort of think, what what's the set of circumstances that lead somebody that young to be in that situation? And how is it connected to, you know, maybe city policies around homelessness, drug abuse, all those kinds of things, I wonder. Yeah, I don't know there's a mental health, you know, crisis in, yeah. in the newer generations. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, that's, it's really too bad. Um, I told the dance guys at our potluck dinner last night and they were all just, ooh, ah. So did you get any more clarity on, he, he shot someone himself or no? Hard to know. I mean, according to the Vancouver Sun, the cops were called because somebody phoned 911, 215, yeah. Yeah. shots. Yeah, AM. Okay. Cops got there sometime shortly after that, encountered a young man armed Hmm. and, uh, shots were fired and he was killed. So it doesn't even say whether he fired his weapon. No, it does not. And it doesn't say whether he was carrying a real gun. They had, they put pictures of a gun in the grass in the Vancouver sun online. Looked pretty real to me, but what do I know? They put pictures of what? 
A gun lying in the grass right near the playground, about 10 feet from the tables we have English class in. Oh. So, you know, you just, who knows? So that time of the morning, it's got nothing to do with the patio dancers. No, nothing at all. It's, and especially, you sort of wonder what were the prior shots. And was he shooting? Did they call in and say there were shots fired? Yeah, that's what they, that's why yeah. the police came there. In and the did you say place. it was a shotgun? No, it was a pistol pistol so he might have been target shooting or something but still you don't do that in a big city at 2 15 in the morning no yeah. Yeah. i don't know what the hell was going on mm. said so 9 caller had reported gunshots being fired near the playground when the police arrived they found the man carrying a firearm shots were fired and the suspect was shot by police the suspect was taken hospital but subsequently died so he didn't drop his gun fast enough is a, is a guess? At the very least, yeah. Yeah. He might have fired it, but at the very least, he did not respond to calls to put it down. That's, yeah, that's probably. Clear, yeah. You know, as listeners will probably have sensed, I'm not a gigantic, unadulterated promoter of police force behaviors and ethics, but got to say, if it was me, I would have done the same thing there. If somebody is waving around what looks like a real gun to me and I'm there on a shots fired call and he points it at me, I'm not going to try to wound the guy because he's not going to try to wound me. Well, I, I think also if you think about public safety, if he's just a kook and he's just firing willy-nilly, you got to take him out. You can't. I was wondering about that. Why don't they shoot people in the legs? And it's because of just in case. Like, it's pretty much they're trained not to. Yeah. They're trained to, that, that guy's not trying to wound you. Mm -hmm. And if you just wound him, he might get another couple shots off. And so you got to try to knock him down. Yeah, no, Rich, I was saying to Skin that we walked there. It was eight in the morning and the police line on a large, large area, the whole playground and stuff. And a cop at the corner, I said, it looks like something serious happened here. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, there was a shooting. Uh, and I don't know, I just got here, I'm just, uh, you know. and I said, oh, was anybody injured? And he said, well, judging by who's here, and he pointed to two suits, not not uniforms. Detective guys. Yeah, said, yeah, some, somebody was shot. But I was, I, and then, of course, I, I wrote a Asian dance team's beware, because you, you never know what's going on in the park, and I didn't realize that somebody had been killed. Yeah, yeah. So I felt a little bit. And the Asian dance guys were traumatized. Because it's unrelated. It's unrelated to Asian dance. At 2.30 in the morning, it's unrelated. It totally is. But yeah. they just, the thought that somebody was killed right near where we spend time. or now, spent. You still spend time there? Or well, no? only with the English class, only with the English corner. Oh, and you go over to the other... Yeah, we dance over at the elementary school. But the English corner is right there. Fun fact, it's called the English Corner because there's a big giant public park in Guangzhou. And every Saturday, if you want to practice your English, you go into this specific corner and there's a whole bunch of other people there. And everybody just gathers and tries out their English on each other. Well, you know, there's a small chance that it could become the Metro Vancouver's English Corner then. Yeah, well, who knows? Well, you know, because you started and they'll talk to their friends the next thing you know, right? I don't know. We seem to be losing ground rather than gaining, but it's a lot of fun. It's a calm before It hasn't been on the podcast yet. Exactly oh, this. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Three weeks from now after publication, there's going to be oh, well, then hordes I just, of people. I'll just tell listeners what happened. I mean, I go to dance, right? Been going for years. 
And uh, at some point, just recently, somebody approached me and just said, you know what, I'd really like to practice my English. And I wonder if we could just meet and practice English. And three people, now there's four. And we just go there before our regularly scheduled dance and just do Englishy stuff for an hour, hour and a half. How often do you do it? Three, four times a week if dance is on and everybody's available. You're a godskin. Oh, it's really fun. Like, I don't do anything, right? I mean, we do this podcast. Why? For me, I like to talk. So <laughs> the English perfect. thing is really good, right? Like, And they, they, they're just so pleased with stuff. Like, for instance, we had a dinner last night at somebody's house. And somebody at the end said, stood up and said, I am stuff. <laughs> and somebody else said... Oh, yeah, yeah, I am stuff. And somebody else said, it's stuffed, stuffed. And then they, they, you know, they're just so pleased they can pull out there. They're kind of joking around. Yeah. It's a word they just, but it's also <laughs> why they're doing it. Uh-huh. And the learning for me has been that uh, most of the guys I dance with, maybe not most, but a good half of them have had a pretty extensive education in English but it was primarily by Chinese-speaking teachers. Right. So they didn't get really any chance to practice speaking it in school. One of the people doing this in the last three, four years that I've known her, I've only ever heard her speak like three words. Tomolo, De Afu, and Hi Pat, How You Doing? That's it. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, well, she's got almost zero English. So she's doing this thing. And what we do is we have a WeChat group, exchange notes, are we going to meet? So she's not going to be able to go. And they ask me to make my contributions in WeChat as verbal notes in English. Yes. So they have to decipher them. <laughs> I occasionally I'll try out my Mandarin in there, but it, I think it just annoys them. Anyways, <laughs> rather than trying it, she gets a notepad and writes out, I will not be able to come tonight. See you Monday in English. Takes a picture of the note and posts that to the chat. And I'm thinking, who knew? She clearly has a command of English. And she just simply cannot and won't, because she's a bit shy, speak it. Uh-huh. Just like, yeah. holy dino. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. So hmm. who knows how long it'll go on for before they realize that they're not getting much value out of me, you know, like. Oh yeah, I'm pretty, I'll, pretty sure I'll, they're getting a lot of value. I'll happily explain whatever they want. About just what, being able to talk. Yeah, what words mean. Yeah. Like we had a whole go round. It's just like snappers here, right? We had a whole go round about policy. Is policy the guys who come and arrest you? Right. No, no that's right. police. Yeah. And then that leads mm. to politics. Yes. And mm. polite Mm. And, you know, like, it's pretty fun. And who knows how much of it ever sticks. And those all probably have the same word root anyway. Yeah, that's why it came up. I was trying to sort of explain, in English, lots of words come from older languages. Yeah. And then they sort of split into different yeah, meanings. Yeah, yeah. But they have the same essential root. It has something to do with dealing with each other in groups, you know. It's, it's a lot of fun, basically. And also... They bring really cute snacks and things. Oh, nice. 
Like somebody has this little portable tea set. It's about the size of a large shoe box. has these tiny little thimble-sized cups in it and a tiny little thimble-sized teapot. She brings tea and hot water, makes tea. It's really, it's really fun. Cool. cool. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so there, that's, that's better than dance for me. Do idioms next time, Skin. Heart on sleeve. Oh, we do a lot of that. We did thin skin. We oh. did icing on the cake. Oh, nice. Because... You know, this again, it just comes up, right? They were, they were talking about, I brought snacks when, cause they're bringing snacks. I should bring snacks. So I bring snacks. They're just all wrong. They're just, they don't like them. I brought cheesies. Mm, no, nope, not, yeah, well, not good cheesy. for them. Yeah. They're just that, not. That'll keep their health better. <laughs> well, in a nutshell, they don't like sweet stuff the way Westerners do. Or like cheesies aren't sweet. No, but. They're way too salty. Yeah. And they, they don't like extreme tastes, basically. And they particularly right. made an issue of sweet stuff. So the next week, I bought these things. I got some consulting, and I bought these things called egg rolls. And they're just pastry. I know a, those ones. In a yep. tube. Yep. And they went over way better. And somebody was saying, you know, when I was a kid, we'd get these maybe two or three times a year. Because those are empty calories as well. Yeah. Two or three times a year. It's a big deal. And I said, yeah, for us, it was cake. And hence we get to icing on the cake, very sweet dessert that Westerners like, that Chinese people don't like, yeah. won't encounter. And it's just fun. So yeah, we've done a few of those. I got two bags of Korean there. You should take them. Yeah, I will. Thin skin, by the way, for Chinese guys, it's thin face. If you are thin skinned in English, you are thin faced in Chinese. Oh, who knew? I didn't know that. As in a skinny face? Like? No, you have, I, I don't know what it has to do with face in the sense of esteem. Like if you have great face, you're held in high esteem and respect. Yeah, yeah. And if you have thin face, maybe you are very sensitive about having your being disrespected about right. being not held. I don't know, but therefore, I think that might therefore be. Therefore you want to save face. Yeah. You have thin face. I'm not sure it wasn't explained to me, it's but It's probably I, related to saving face yeah, too. Yeah. I kind of wonder if it was. So just, it's just a lot of fun. Do you guys have a chance to look at the enhanced games? I clicked on some link and I just thought it was a total spoof, wasn't it? I mean. You would think so, wouldn't you? But uh, it's, you would, yeah. it's not. So there's a website, it's called enhanced.org. Yeah. And, I did go there uh, and I thought, this, yeah. is, this has got to be a joke. This is their website. It starts with this. The enhanced games is organizing an alternative to the corrupt Olympic games. We believe that science makes humanity and sports better and fairer. And then their big tagline is sports without drug testing. You got stand with us. You can put your email in there and get on the list. And then there's a number of links. There's stop exploitation. Um, science is real. Event plan. Our team. Hall of Shame. And people on the Hall of Shame are various heads of drug testing labs oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, IOC officials, and they're called Enemies of Science. We believe that the below individuals lead organizations that actively promote anti-science mandates. As a direct result of oppressive and discriminatory anti-science activities, human progress has been restricted. And you kind of wonder whether Big Pharma is kind of behind this this whole games too. That's what I'd like to know who really felt this was important enough. Did it come from some athletes or I, I, I don't quite get it. Oh, they want to have an Olympics where you're allowed to take whatever drugs you want. 
And how does that help science? Well, this, I don't quite get that either. I do. It's related to science, the science of furthering drugs. Yeah. So there are many performance enhancing drugs that you're not allowed to take in the Olympics. And they're saying science invented these drugs to make us better, stronger, faster than we were before. And we want to be able to take them. And you just sort of think, okay. But the way that website is written and what Rich just read sounds really Trumpy to me. Yeah. And so you sort of think, I wonder how many of these guys refuse to get vaccinated because it, it reads the same way. It's the same kind of, you know, anger factory makes a bunch of allegations about corruption and horribleness that aren't really provable or founded in anything that I can think of. Yeah. So they have a date for the games and, uh, well, what's the date? Let's make sure well, listeners get it in their calendar. Now I've flipped over to the Wikipedia article because mm. that could be interesting in and of itself. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Wikipedia says the Enhanced Games is a planned international sports event where the athletes will not be subject to drug testing. It is meant to take place in December 2024, so we're only a year and a half out. But who would participate? It's intended well, to be, well, you know. Obviously not Olympic athletes. I think so. I think you're right. I think I think if an Olympic athlete participates, they maybe the Olympics would even auto ban them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's intended to be annual to include track and field, swimming, weightlifting, gymnastics, and combat sports. Oh, nice. A specific date and location are not set, <laughs> and the number of athletes quote maybe a couple of thousand unquote according to a representative. Nice. You know, they can say whatever they want, right? Yes, and I may win the lottery next week. I think we should go. I think we should pause for a moment, take bets on whether they actually have anything like this in December of 2024. Well, I definitely would bet against it. So would I. But you never know. Uh, I would I would go as far as saying we pretty much know they're not going to have this event. Could be a whole different world in December of 2024. The website <laughs> is super stylish and current. Like it looks like a, a website that's very, very modern. You know, it has that feel. There was some other thing in there that made me think it was anti-vax too. Like it has that sort of, I want to say libertarian feel where they, you know, the, the premise seems to be if you want to put stuff in your body that makes you perform better at the expense of your future health, you're a grown up. You make that decision. You will not be told by authorities what you may and may not put into your body. Right. Yes. A little bit. Which like is that. along the lines of the anti-vax guys, right? They sort of say, the government can't tell me I need to take this shot. Where'd this shot come from? I'm part of the, yeah, that's part of the reasoning. Part, yeah. The other part of the reasoning is a belief that it's actually more dangerous than. Yeah. But, yeah. but what they really resent is being told that they must, and they make up a pile of rationales for why they don't want it. But the fundamental problem is their jobs are threatened and so on if they don't do it. Well, on Wikipedia, you get a little bit more clarity, you know, because when you're looking at enhanced.org, you're getting their marketing view. You're getting of it the full pitch. Amazing scrolling action <laughs> and, you know, look and feel stuff. But uh, yeah, so Aaron D'Souza, Australian businessman based in London, is president of the privately funded organization. He was involved in the 2013 Bolia versus Gawker lawsuit, which led to Gawker filing for bankruptcy. I don't know if you guys remember that. Nope, no idea. Yeah. Well, Gawker was a uh, gossip type website and it Mm -hmm. would publish really salacious details of stuff. 
And uh, they're the ones that outed Peter Thiel, a billionaire, Silicon Valley billionaire, that he was gay. Oh. And he had it in for them from then on. So he funded this lawsuit for somebody else. And uh, Gawker, the magazine, completely went under. But what were the re- what was the results of the suit? Like, did he just drive him out of business with legal costs, or did he actually win a complaint? Yeah, I'm not sure which. Uh, they had to file for a law- bankruptcy, and yeah. I'm not sure whether they lost or just ran out of money or what. Anyway, he's probably a billionaire too, this Aaron D'Souza guy. According to D'Souza, athletes are adults, and they have a right to do with their body what they wish. My body, my choice. Your body, your choice. And no government, no paternalistic sports federation should be making these decisions for athletes, particularly around products that are FDA regulated and approved. So maybe there's that angle. By the way, I'm partially in agreement with this guy. Of course you are. I'm not a big fan of any anti-drug stuff in general. I'm a full-on libertarian in that aspect, except for I love regulation as well. Yeah, it's, there's a tough... <laughs> and that's liberta- libertarians are like, no, also please no regulation. That's yeah. the difference, right? Yes. If if some sciencey group that I am expected to trust, like the FDA, determines that some substance is definitely going to harm me, then they should probably not be allowing me to put it into myself if I'm that stupid. If I'm too stupid to believe that scientists know better than I do, they probably should enhance my opinion with a legal penalty for ignoring theirs. You know what I mean? Just anyway, that's interesting. And they they list some Olympians attached to the organization and I've never heard of any of them. But uh, anyway, Brett Fraser, Roland Shulman and Christina Smith. They would make some interesting Googles. Other people include geneticist George Church. All right, now, reactions. The chief athletics officer is Brett Fraser. Brett. Okay, Okay, there's a problem. Exactly right (laughs) No offense to Brett of uh, Rossland. That's right, no offense. Fraser stated that over 500 athletes had contacted him asking him for more information. (laughs) Athletes. Is that in quotes in the wiki article? I guess so, and it's not. (laughs) But the IOC responded that the idea does not merit any comment. Ooh. Uh, the Australian Olympic Committee called the idea dangerous and irresponsible. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, participating in almost all Olympic sports is dangerous and irresponsible if you think about it. I'm not thinking. Like, in order, yeah, that's true. In order for a runner to break a record, they have to take huge risks, don't they? Like you're pushing your body right Perhaps to, to the death. limit. Well, wait and a second. And you're going for Hold what up. point? Hold hey, up. what's the point, right? Hold Say you're the best. I'm going to take issue with extreme risk. You are really? Yes, because you can push your, if your body has mechanisms to not allow it to become a runaway diesel engine. Yeah, like right? a heart attack, for example. No, that's not a mechanism. Fast. That's a fail. Okay. You know, you get all kinds of signals. You bonk, you fall, you run. It's not, yes, you can have a massive fail, but if you take something that overrides your body's little system so that your brain just doesn't receive signals about yeah, yeah, impending yeah. explosion, yeah. Okay. now you're at risk. Okay. Now you're running beyond 
even the extremes of human capacity. That's why those drugs are a problem. You got me there. So I'm going to have to change the argument or create a straw man or (laughs) something. Make up some other stuff. Yeah. Say that you're saying what you're not saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, okay. So Uh, let's let's set up the gaslighting segment for some other episode. I'm not on my game right now, so I can't work you over. Well, I'm not either, but I just think the trouble with this, it's the same as the anti-vax thing, right? It, it all hinges on your ability to accept that other people know more than you do and should be trusted. And I mean, uh, there's lots of reasons to have trouble accepting that. I mean, any number of organizations that we look to for good judgment and good information have failed us repeatedly for really bad reasons like money. So there's lots of reasons to lack faith. The trouble really though is that all of those reasons doesn't mean you should have more faith in your grade eight science education, right? That's the problem. Mm. And what you read in the net. That well, cyclist Joseph M. Papp, uh, he says this well. And not to say, you said it well as well, PJ. Uh, he was suspended for doping in 2006. He was actually referring to a 1988 weekend update skit, SNL, you know. But anyway, he said, a doping free-for-all just invites the most ambitious person to be the most reckless person and to take the most drugs possible without literally killing themselves. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, people, when people are competitive, then they're like, uh, we'll do horse tranks. I can run really fast. Yeah. Exactly. For or, like 62 seconds and yeah. then 63 seconds. <laughs> but then there's, there's the other end of it. If you look at certain practices, like what did they call it? Blood doping yeah. that, uh, Lance yeah, yeah. Armstrong used to do. Yeah. It's a pretty safe practice. You're just really increasing the, yeah. uh, oxygen levels in your blood, right? Yes. And I, I believe, uh, according to ethnicity, there are different advantages and disadvantages to various components of your respiratory system, mm-hmm. like the amount of red cells you got or the amount of white cells you got or yes, whatever yes. it is, there are yeah. differences, right? And blood doping sort of takes advantage of some of that. Right, right. And that is to me relatively safe. Yeah. But yeah. I think what the guy says is right. Like. And when I think about the age, for example, of people who get into acrobatics, Olympic acrobats, they're children when they start getting uh, groomed for Olympic success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they had a coach that said, don't worry, this stuff is super safe. Yeah. And they had parents who were financially destitute. And wanted to, yeah. You know, I mean, come on. I, I do think there's a lot of room for horrible, horrible stuff if you don't have some kind of regulatory thing in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the age of young athletes is a real problem because they're not, like I say, referring back to earlier, 18 years old, I can't believe my inability to make reasonable decisions at 18 years old. At 28, it was only moderately better. And at 66, I'm at about the 50% mark. Mm-hmm. And don't all sports start grooming? Yeah. Like kids, all sports, right? Like. Well, it's Maybe way, not as intense it's in, way in. more organized and invasive now than it was when we were kids. When we were kids, people were in various amateur groups in whatever sport. And those various amateur groups had ambitions locally, regionally, you know, they want to win. Well, yeah, but you were in a small little burg, right? So if people were in, uh, had money and were in Toronto or something like that. 
there there would be some people who would be putting a huge amount of money into their kids training and maybe but i'm saying a monster parent as well right like making their kids do it at this point there are whole organizations you take the toronto hockey example there are whole organizations spending a ton of money and resources to find promising hockey players in micro atom and stuff like that and they're getting involved And, and it, that goes across a number of sports, soccer, I just can't even imagine. So, you know, it's quite a bit more um, organized than it was when we were kids because yeah. there's more and more money involved in professional sport, yeah, basically. soccer moms and dads, I know we're going to lose about a quarter of our <laughs> listeners, but man, they could be brutal sometimes. But basically any <laughs> athletic, you see, it, you see it with baseball parents on the interweb all the time, soccer, hockey's notorious for horrible yeah, parents. Yeah, for fights in the stands Football, and all of them, basketball, you'll see, they're all the same. Parents who kind of lose the plot. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. Just totally lose the plot. Anyway, I find it fascinating because it's, it's, I don't believe it's any kind of a satire. Yeah. It's when you told me that there are billionaires involved, I go straight to Soylent Green. You know, like I just sort of think they're all ready to have murder games 2026 where, (laughs) you know, we send the best hunters onto an island and only the top dog comes out alive, live, live. You know, you just, cause they're really yeah. rich. Right. And they, and at great they just risk of losing the billionaire demographic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> who've been so generous with us too. They have. Yeah, That's the kind of hard charging journalists we are. I think the odds of being a psychopath, if you're a billionaire, the odds of being a psychopath are super high. Yeah, already. I think so too. Yeah. Cause you've done some pretty weird stuff to get up there. I think. Well, at the very least, you've got a whole bunch of unique characteristics that enabled you to amass billions. Yeah. Maybe very. don't fit the definition whatever it is of a psychopath yeah, but you're a different person if you have billions of yeah, dollars. a different kind of animal yeah, yeah. and i i just kind of think if you're a billionaire i i think it is very likely that you have a kind of barbaric view of humanity and that there are some people who are just by birth and genealogy cannon fodder and there are other people that are intended to lead 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 <laughs> All right. Well, we should flip to something a little light, more lighthearted like uh, snappers. Yeah. You got any snappers? Save us. Save us from ourselves, KJ. Snappers? Yeah. I believe I do. Oh, somebody just modified any list. Check oh, mark. man, I hate that Check when that happens. Mark. I'm turning off the, hey, have you been watching uh, Vice Grip Garage? Because <laughs> the guy in Vice Grip Garage does that. Got the fuel system sorted? Check. Mark laughs and waddles <laughs> off to do the next thing. No, I have not. But that that's a very evocative title. Yeah, it's pretty good. The guys. I just pictured an engine with the, instead of bolts, he's got vice grips on one because he, he ran out of bolts or something. Well, he, when he's trying, especially when he's, what well, his whole shtick is good old boy from some farm in Ohio. Uh, he does all that language mangling stuff for fun digitals instead of digital stuff. He does that. He's actually a really smart guy, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty hard working guy. Loves Murica a lot, Uh which is tiresome, but he will, when he's trying to get, he, he goes and finds old cars, anything up to about 86 and he just gets them going again and drives them hundreds of miles back to his home and does something else and sells them. He's now he's a, making all his money on his YouTube. He's a dying breed guy. Is he like 60 or 70? No, he's pr- 
probably 45, okay, 40. But he evokes what the Americans used to, I can't yes. remember what it's called, but it's a can-do attitude. Yes, it's the independent, yeah. Yeah. But it's he, he will, when he's getting some of those things going, he will use vice grips to hold stuff in place, and then he'll drive hundreds of miles with those. But I got to say, I wish that channel had been available to me when I was driving those cars. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah. smokes. The stuff he gets started running again. Uh, and, you know, yeah, he does do a lot of work, but it, he doesn't spend very much money. Just amazing. Yeah. He really knows what he's doing. Yeah. Really, yeah. really a lot. I used to have uh, vice grips on the manifold for, on the ranch wagon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How, who among us have not vice gripped their battery Blowing terminals? Blowing red too? hot at, at certain times. <laughs> yeah. Well, and your battery terminals are the classic, right? You can't get the stupid battery terminal to tighten or you lost a screw or whatever. You just vice grip the damn things on there and just hope that the handle doesn't shudder and touch them. I have to remember that. I actually do carry vice grips in the car, so. Well, yeah, if you ever need to change out the battery and you don't have, you don't have the tools to tighten the terminal up properly, just clamp them. Modern cars though, uh, there's not that much needed anymore, even when they're like 15 years old. Well, and the other thing is when they go, they're gone. Yeah. They just run and run and run and then, and then, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to replace the circuit board. Yeah. You can't, you can't (laughs) in the rain at night on the side of the road with a flashlight, get one of those, get a newer car going if it stops. Like it's so bizarre that many people don't know where their batteries are anymore. Like mine's in the trunk on the side. And also there's not even, there's warnings for me not to help jumpstart people. Yeah. Cause I have a hybrid. So you don't, you don't have that uh, get her done type type knowledge anymore that like I, I, I won't jumpstart someone cause I just don't know. Right. So are your com- conspiracy neurons firing at this point? No, no, not really. I mean, but I mean, I, I know that there's a little bit of that. There's some decisions that are made. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's a hybrid. It's a very modern type of car, right? So, yeah, but I mean, I I do definitely think there are lots of decisions made to take away the DIY aspect mm-hmm. because everybody wins. Manufacturer wins, manufacturer dealers win. So you're thinking big tow truck paid off Toyota. No, I'm thinking big Toyota paid off Toyota because they're the biggest winner, right? Don't get this thing touched by some whack job with a tow truck. Only bring it to your authorized Toyota dealer. No, but I mean, I'm not supposed to help help other people out. Well, again, yeah. Big tow truck, just sweet, sweet cash. There you go. I don't know. BCAA. Just remember that Toyota is the first big manufacturer to not license other manufacturers to make parts for their vehicles. They're the ones who said, you, you can't fix a Toyota without buying genuine Toyota parts. That's not true. Well, maybe not now, but they started all of that. Mm, yeah. It used to be part of the regular manufacturer's revenue stream to license the part manufacturing to other guys. Did you know the difference between EM and OEM? Well, I guess EM stands for... Equipment manufacturer. Equipment manufacturer and original equipment. OEM means original equipment manufacturer. One of them means that this is a part made by the third party for Toyota, but it doesn't say Toyota on it anymore. We're going to sell you the same part for cheaper. And then there's the compatible parts. Those are the ones that some person in typically China has made made a part that should work fine, but it's not what you what you had in the first place. 
And then there's equipment manufacturer, I guess. That's the one where it's this third-party company. They still make extra parts for Toyota with Toyota written on it, and Toyota will sell you those parts for for the most of all. Anyway, I just thought that all, that all those variants were kind of interesting. The interesting one there is I was thinking about lift kits for trucks. So Toyota sells trucks and, and SUVs and stuff, and people want to lift them. Toyota's not going to get into the business of selling those trucks pre-made with a incorrect center of gravity and all that other stuff, mm. but they know there's a huge demand for the parts to lift them like that. It's interesting though. That is, yeah. I, I don't know all those distinctions at all. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I must say that I do love when I'm walking and I hear a beater coming behind me to have a really good look at it because since um, air care went down, there's still a few clunkers out there and whether it's because they've got something dragging under the car or the engine is screaming it excites me for some strange reason yeah because it's like go buddy yeah yeah, yeah, carry on keep it running yeah well you know what i when this this guy this vice grip guy he's very passionate about saving them from the scrap heat he really gets a huge kick out of getting some car out of the weeds and putting it back in the road but you know what i think when i see one of those walking along streets around here i just always think how on earth did i ever drive one of those these streets are way too narrow like if you park those things those gigantic late 70s yachts (laughs) and then try to drive down the street in another one like how did we even do that i i can't even imagine parking spots were so much bigger back then i think well the streets haven't been made wider no that's true and of course everyone's driving massive vehicles now anyway yeah, but even big things like a, you know, excursion, is it as wide as a 77 Parisian? Maybe, yes, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're kind of few and far between. Pickups, pickup trucks are that pickups big. Pickups are sure. big, yeah. Anyway. By the way, boys, moment of silence. Today is August 6th. That is the 78th, I think, anniversary of panel? BC Day or something. No. Something in the, in the war. What? Atomic bum. Oh, in Hiroshima? Hiroshima, I mean? Which is it? Hiroshima, right? I believe it's Hiroshima, but I don't know. Have you seen photos of that city? Video? Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. It's a huge tourist attraction. Oh, now? I'm sorry, I haven't seen it It's a place to go. It really is lovely. It's because the bomb exploded so high up that the winds carried away the nuclear fallout. And over time, that fallout dispersed so much that it had no... That's pretty interesting. This little thing I was watching showed someone measuring the levels in Hiroshima, and it's just zero. It's basically background levels like anywhere. Oh, I actually thought that... That's interesting. I didn't know that. Cool. When when I saw some of the footage and stuff that there, you actually they actually showed people who were dying from. Yeah, I think so. The radiation. I yep, think there was were. there was some some of it was the uh, in, impact, boom, right, like a bomb. Some of it was the intensive heat radiation that's just instantaneous. It's like the sun, you know? Well, the guys who got turned into shadows, for example. Yeah. And then, and then I think there was some of the, 
of the rate, what do you call it? Radiation poisoning, yeah. but nowhere near what there oh. was for things like Chernobyl. Oh, I didn't and know. then, and then within just years, the place was completely fine. Right. Oh. Except for the devastation. Of course. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 So it's very, very interesting. And this wasn't some special YouTube made by the, uh, the enhanced.org people. <laughs> On how we should have yeah. science advance better in bombing. Yeah, you know? yeah, we should all get on board because it's not really that bad. Yeah, so I'll send you the I'll send a link to that to you. Dude. It's a very very pretty city too. I saw a whole conversation about what was the severity of radiation leak at Chernobyl at the Japanese one Fuji something I can't remember. Um, and what they did is they 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 took a Geiger counter essentially. Yes. And they took an airplane trip and they just recorded the amount of radiation they were being exposed to in the airplane because they were way up high in the atmosphere. Yeah. It was some number. Yep. And then they went to a black sand beach in Brazil mm-hmm. and the same kind of high number, right? Yeah. And then they went and wandered around the playgrounds at Fukushima, I believe is the name Fukushima, of the Fukushima, yeah. And like in Fukushima, people are still living indoors and not, you know, the and they went and wandered around outside and it was lower than both those previous yeah, places yeah, I mentioned. Yeah. And they went to Chernobyl and there's been people living on, in Chernobyl since, like two weeks after the meltdown. Uh, not a lot. With, well, but with they haven't been cooked. They haven't developed horrible things. They've been eating yeah. food. The whole sort of thing. What the hell is going on? And the levels in there also. Now, you got to, of course, ask a lot of questions about who made this video and how reliable is their use of the instruments and all the rest of it? Like, but the intent of the video was to raise questions about our fear of uh, radiation leaks. And it was linked to videos I was watching at the time about nuclear power and stuff like that. Right. Because nuclear power and you have to go, what about that risk versus the, versus the certainty of global warming? Yeah. And, and so that's where it came from. And so the point was to try to demonstrate that there's a lot of other sources of radiation that we just don't seem to care about that are at least comparable in severity to radiation that arises as a result of a nuclear power right. accident. Yes, yes. And it just does make me wonder a bit. I know like houses in some regions of BC, they have to get the radon testing done. And some of them is remarkably high. Yeah. Right? Like any place there's been hard rock mining, I think that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. And, or where you blast to make your basement, I think. Oh, I didn't even realize. I thought that was just naturally occurring radon. But, yeah, it is. But that wasn't caused by some kind of man, well, uh, it's, intervention. No, it's caused by breaking the rock, I think, oh, or released okay. by it. Okay. I'm really weak on could where be, radon could be, gas though, comes yeah. from, I got to mm. say. I'm not even clear on what harm it does. Apparently it does something, but I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Erica Mm -hmm. of Vermont will be screaming about this if she listens. Well, Sue and I have been racial profiling on, uh, and always a safe topic, right? Yes. I I think it's courageous of you to put Moby and I at risk this way. So we have been finding (laughs) that anytime you see a beautiful old convertible with the top down, most of the time, the driver is white and old and a male. And has a beard. Nice. I'm pretty gonna, good, pretty good. I'm going to go with you on this one. The beard, I'll draw the line of the beard. I just saw yesterday a 57 convertible Bel Air or something like that going up Lonsdale. Yeah. That guy was driving it, no beard. 
No beard. No beard. Oh, no facial hair, but okay. he, he had white hair and a ball cap and his <laughs> wife was in the thing and the car was just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's cruising up there. Well, we're, we were, we've only noticed once, but we're working a new theory that if they're driving a replica car, like a T-Bird replica or something, it'll be an old white man without a beard. But that, <laughs> that probably one, that one will probably fall apart. Like KJ has no beard, by the way, listeners. Yeah, it's yeah. It's all shaved off at the moment. Today, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that a job coming up? Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. A week tomorrow, I shoot a short with Lucy. That's what the haircut is for. Uh-huh. Okay, so yeah, it's all Canadian. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, and I have a callback uh, day after tomorrow for a video game made by Ubisoft, Ubisoft, yes. which yeah, is massive company, Marathon, apparently. That I know I've seen their name on stuff I've played, and I don't play that. They might have done the original. The original Marathon was done by Bungie, but Ubisoft might have been related. They might or own bought them out. Now. Yeah, yeah, I, think I th- yeah. thought Bungie. And got is, is Halo Ubisoft? I don't know. Halo is Bungie. Oh. Yeah. Let's look. Let's Microsoft bought Bungie, but then they spun them off again. And I'm pretty sure Bungie's still a company. Oh, okay. But I could be wrong. Like the new Halo is called Halo Infinity. It's been out for about a year and it might've been done by uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft. <laughs> anyway. So, so a video game and are you, your voice acting? No. Oh, are you going to do the little ping pong balls and move around? And Well, we should post this on the site too. I did a, you do the audition and then you slate and you say, hi, I'm Kevin McNulty. I'm six feet even. And I live in Vancouver. That's usually what you do. Okay. Slate. Remember that. These days, some people insist that you use pronouns and you have to say what your pronouns are. Yep. And whether you're a union member, uh, anyway, that that's, those are new things. And usually what you do is when you send in a taped audition, you do the audition, then you put your slate at the end, right? Which sort of makes sense to me, but these guys asked for it at the beginning. So <laughs> what I did, it's different if I would have taped the slate first, I wouldn't have done this. But after doing it, it's described as motion capture, but motion capture is like Gollum. Yes. An actor did that, but it, the whole thing is... Andy Circus. Thank you. The whole thing is redone, including the face. Motion capture, they usually do the face. So, But in, what is it called? Character capture? They, they do the same sort of thing, but your face would still be your face acting. Oh, right. so in this video game, will your face be in it? I, I believe so, yeah. It's oh. not, I don't think it's motion capture. Or anyway, uh, Lucy's friend, um, Pedro who knows something about this, thinks it's not motion capture. But in my head, it was motion capture because I didn't know. I thought that you could still have your face. And they just do motion capture because the other guys are doing some action stuff around you. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Are you just auditioning and then you'll go do the motion capture? Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, and I assume this is just for the scenes that say, oh, well, we should go into the next room to find that. And then they go and do their shoot 'em ups and whatever. I, I'm not. I don't know how this works. It all depends on the genre. Yeah, but game, but yeah. but even in in Halo, do they break and go to um, 
to, when you go to the next level, you go to a little scene that sort of sets it up. Cut scenes, yeah. Yeah, Maybe. there'll be a cut scene, yeah, and that's more like a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I think this is. But then usually the same characters in the cut scenes also show up in gameplay because the cut scene is de- yes, depicting yes. those. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, the setup. Yeah. It's the positioning for the next segment yeah, of the yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I don't know how it works as far as my character. Oh, but, but for the definitely slate. have to play the game if yeah. it happens. Yeah, yeah, that would for be just way, that would be really weird. Yeah, well, shoot, shoot him. <laughs> Bang. He's, I, a, he's uh, a non-playing character. <laughs> shoot him anyway. Yeah. Toss grenades. <laughs> so just for fun, I've got a roll of uh, painter's tape in my hand. And Susan did the audition with me, so she's filming me and in the slate they like to see your full body and of course my room is too small for that so what we do is we just do a tilt down and tilt up right so i say hi i'm kevin mcnulty six feet even i'm in vancouver do you have girl from ipanema playing as you do the pan up and down (laughs) good skinny see we can add that so but this time for fun i had i i had a roll of painter's tape and i just I just went, hi, my name is Kevin McNulty. And I just <laughs> started applying the dots oh, to my right, body. Yeah. Right, very nice. So we, should, very we should put nice. that on the website. It's, yes. it's, it's kind of cute. Oh, for sure. And that will either appeal to them or it won't, right? I think that it probably did. Oh, because you got the callback. I got, got a callback. Very and nice. Another, and so they're doing um, Microsoft <laughs> Teams as opposed, to, as opposed to Zoom, right? Okay. And I don't know what... Pretty well the same concept. Pretty well the same. However, they send me, because they got to send you, you the link and the password, right, to check in when yes. you check in. Well, they sent it to the four actors in the session, which I would never usually see who my competition is, right? Yeah. So it's a session, and there's 20 minutes per actor, so that also indicates... After five minutes, if they say, thank you very much, then you know either they want you or they don't want you at all, right? Uh, like they're convinced in five minutes. Anyway, it's just one of those things. You yeah. don't often see that you, you there's 20 minutes allotted for you. But also, there's actually there's two women and me and another guy. So I could look up the other guy. Yeah. Are you totally convinced that these are four competing for the same part? Oh, I'm, uh, me and the other guy are for sure. Yeah, because we're the same. Okay, we're the same. Driving fifty-seven Bel Airs. Exactly, and it does say on my script. I just get a the scene that I'm reading. I don't get a full script or anything, but I get uh, it says destroy after use. Like mm. it doesn't say dun, don't dun, don't. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your mission. Little smoke rises yeah. up. But I've never seen that before. It's a, a lot of times you sign a, a, a non-disclosure agreement before you audition sometimes, right? Saying, and all the sides that I get sent to me are watermarked either with my agency or actually my name sprawled across the whole thing. So you can't go throw them in recycling and hope that it's all right. But this one says destroy after use. So, Anyway, the actor I'm up against must be a dual citizen because there's a strike on, right? Mm, The Americans can't even, they can't do Canadian if if they're a member of SAG. That's pretty weird because even if he is a dual citizen, 
Because I know a lot of Canadian actors who live in Vancouver who are SAG members, and they can still certainly work on Canadian productions. Ah, there you go. It's that last bit, Canadian productions. Yeah. Because I thought I'd seen a couple clips here and there of local actors bemoaning the loss of income involved in the strike, right? Oh, for sure. So you're thinking, well, these are Canadian guys. Working must on, be working on American, American productions. productions. Yeah, th there's a lot that's gone south. So to speak. We recovered from that down note that we opened with. I mean, Hiroshima was terrible, but somehow we finally managed to find joy in the afternoon anyways. Hope you did. I think you're going to find, as they say, that you'll have had a few laughs here. We sure hope so. If you did and you want to tell us about it, man, we want to hear about it. Let's hear it. <laughs> but we'll let you go for now because we just know you'll come right back and so will we. And until you do, take care of yourselves and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Bye.